Get ready to unleash your inner fire with two badass ginger women who mean business. They're here to challenge the status quo and disrupt the traditional corporate world. Join them as they share their unfiltered thoughts and experiences on entrepreneurship, leadership, and navigating the business world as fierce redheads. From dealing with discrimination to harnessing the power of their unique personalities, they'll leave you feeling inspired and ready to conquer your own business ventures. So grab your headphones and let's ignite the world of business together. This is the Ginger Rage Podcast. Okay. Welcome All right. to it. What is what are we calling this episode? <laughs> uh Maybe you should smile more. Maybe you should. I like. I liked both of the ideas. Wait. Maybe you should smile more or be nicer, but not too nice. The plight of communicating as a woman in corporate America. <laughs> oh yeah, that's nice. We'll put that in parens, just yeah. so everybody's clear. Maybe. Maybe you should smile more. <laughs> maybe you should smile more. Hi, episode three. Welcome back to the Ginger Rage podcast. Maybe you should smile more. Maybe you should f right off. Just saying. Absolutely. Should F right <laughs> off. I, yeah, I mean, this episode is is loaded. But before we get into that, I'm Sarah here with Ginger Ed Podcast. He, po- what am I saying? We're going to have to start. It's, we're going to have to start over. The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> We've actually created an entirely new art form. It's no longer a podcast. It's it's, it's a podcast. podcast. <laughs> it's very arts and crafts related. <laughs> a deco podcast. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are tuning in, it is um it's Friday evening for Sarah and me. Uh I know you're tuning in on Wednesday. Happy National Women's Day. Happy Women's History Month. Yeah. It's gonna be a great month. Happy um, celebrating us for 30 days and then forgetting we exist in the workplace month. Yeah, n- yeah, thank you. Here here's your month. Ladies, where we'll just, you know, cosplay that we care. They're there. <laughs> Bless. <laughs> Bless. Uh, so Sarah and I are a little punchy because it's been mm. it's uh it's been a week. It's been a but, week. Uh, exactly. Sarah, what's on the docket for the weekend? Uh so we are trying to beat some snow. We are all both in the oh, northeast. Yes. Courtney and I are in the northeast, and uh we got almost no snow during actual winter and now that it's coming up to spring uh we're expecting we're about a, get foot. a whoppa <laughs> so as they say up here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we are uh packing our bags and we're gonna try to get some some skiing in but uh, i love yeah. that plan for you yeah how about that's you what, yeah. yeah that's that's what us new englanders do we um strap hard surfaces to our feet in a variety of forms and we throw ourselves down a freezing cold mountain to try to convince ourselves that we really love winter. We love, we love winter. it, right? Look at us being and everyone who's listening to us on the West Coast right now is just like cackling. Like, yeah, we get oh, it. I know. Don't come after us. We know our mountains are smaller. You know, <laughs> it's not how big it is, it's how you use it. And we're listen, we're going for it. Listen, you West Coasters with your powder. We'll take our ice any day. It builds character. <laughs> Exactly. And I should clarify that I will be standing at the bottom of the hill as a ski mom, and I will be watching my children throw themselves down a mountain. I support that. And for those of you who don't know, Sarah has two children. Uh, One is a 
raging ginger devil mm-hmm. um, who is her retribution yes. uh, for her childhood. Yeah. Right <laughs> for, right now, Sarah's parents are nodding in emphatic agreement. They're laughing. <laughs> they're laughing. Yes, I have two boys who enjoy throwing themselves down mountains and other various extreme sports when and you're under And as they should, under bless 10. their hearts. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <sighs> well, ladies and gents, uh, you know – Sarah, it it was a week. It was a week. So I, as a consultant, I work with a lot of different companies. I work with a lot of different consulting firms within that sort of ecosystem. And this week I had a situation where uh, we were working with another consulting firm and one of the wonderful, fabulous, uber-competent women on my project team uh, was kind of going through some of the things that we needed to present to the client. And this, you know, he was a, a mid-20s consultant, uh, definitely her junior. And he started to pipe in and just sort of dictate how she should deliver that messaging. She should, she needs to be sensitive. She needs to deliver it a little bit softer. And I I just I saw her face and she just kind of like composed herself very quickly and said, you know what? Don't worry. I'll be sure to deliver it with a smile and continue talking. Now, meanwhile, obviously I'm as, as, as the leader on this team enraged uh, and pinging his boss on the side to say like, Hey, you need to have a conversation with this person. This was inappropriate and this is why it was inappropriate. Um, And then he did it again. And I was floored like less than five minutes later. And, you know, I, I, I stopped, I stopped the call for a minute and I said, Hey, you know, I think it'd be a really good idea if we just focus on what needs to be communicated. And we don't necessarily need to focus on how, because I think this, this woman has done a fabulous job of communicating with the client. That's never really been an issue. So let's just stick to the, let's stick to the what. Uh, and he was really confused as to why I stopped the meeting to give him that feedback. And you know, what I think really bothered me the most about it was this is a person who is in their mid-20s and they're, he's mirroring the behavior that he's seeing from senior members on the team. And it just gave me a moment of being like, it gave me a moment where I was just a little bit defeated, right? I was like, man, yeah. like this, like if people of the younger generation are continuing to do this. This really is not going to change. And uh, yeah, I was, I was really bummed out about it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of us can relate to that situation where a man generally in, comes at us with how they think we should do our jobs, whether or not they're qualified to do that, whether they're in a position junior to us or not in the role at all, just thinking that they know how to communicate better. But I think um, hopefully he is surrounded by women. And I mean, it kind of goes to our last episode. It sort of falls back on us. (laughs) But surrounded by by women leaders like yourself who can say, "Mm -mm, Oh, thank you, Sarah. No, got to call this shit out when we see it because otherwise it's not going to stop because I see every age in my current company, in companies I've worked for in the past where – they just feel really uh, empowered to put their stamp on something, whether or not they're qualified to do so. And I think that's what we've empowered men. No, I shouldn't. Not to put the onus on us. Not, I think as a society, not as women, as a society, <laughs> we have empowered 
men to step in whenever they see fit. They feel really comfortable sharing leadership views. Uh, if you're not watching on video, I put some big quotes around that, air quotes around that, leadership <laughs> views. And, and I think that as women, like I would never have the audacity to stop in and say, hey, Courtney, this is how you should word this. If you weren't Ever. in my department, I don't do that to our product marketing team. I don't say, oh, hey, this is how you should write that email <laughs> outlining the next steps. That would never even cross my mind. Never. It would never cross my mind. And like, I, and I understand, you know, that there is a time and a place for feedback on communication really? style, right? We've all had feedback on our communication style, good and bad. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I understand that, but it was just the context in which this was given was so grossly inappropriate. And he yeah. just like, he just interrupted her. And again, for you all out there listening, women are three times more likely to get interrupted by men than men. Yeah. And I think that that stands up, you know, what we, how we treat men and women in the workforce. We treat uh, women to be the behind the scenes workers, to be quiet, mm -hmm. to smile, to get shit done. And to be seen and not be heard. Seen and not heard, mm. where <laughs> men are trained from the beginning to step up to the plate, even if they're not qualified. They fake it till they make it. They take that to heart. And it's, um, it's, it's, you know, they feel like it's in their DNA to jump in. And I think it's just about how we are perceived from the moment we step foot in the workforce. I mean, from the moment I was in retail right after college to software now, it's just do your job, put your head down, smile, and more importantly, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it, yeah, and it, what, what was really frustrating to hear, you know, I obviously caught up with this woman following the call and she had mentioned, you know, he's not like that when it's just the two of us. And so it was this, this whole idea that he was really just doing this to impress these like more senior men on his project team. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just, you know, it was, it's, it really just like drove home the importance of modeling good behavior for upcoming generations so that that's not what they think they need to do mm -hmm. in order to excel and succeed. Yeah, and I think that's just one piece of the communication because it's it's the verbal where women are often interrupted. Mm -hmm. They uh, you know have to change their tone so they don't come across as pushy or bitchy or aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the written tone. I mean, how? Oh. <laughs> I mean, the I the things that you gentlemen can get away with an email blows my mind, blows my mind. And Sarah, I think I sent you, I, I sent you an email that I received this morning, right? Mm -hmm. From one of our male leaders. It was just Courtney hyphen, please do. Oh, I'm sorry. No, there wasn't even a please. It was <laughs> Courtney hyphen. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And that's it. No, like no, no salutation, no closing, questionable punctuation. Oh, and then he closed it with thanks. THX, which it's one of if my you didn't hear our PSA <laughs> in the last episode, please stop abbreviating words in emails. I please. just, I mean, as an aside for just the THX, I would love to collect the amount of time that you are saving in a year to not type, to not like ANKS. <laughs> it's, it's just not that much time. It's not that much time. But I think, but, 
Okay. If we ever sent an email like that, oh, no. we would get spoken to about our tone. Yes. We need to be more approachable. Yeah. And I think we've probably, many of us have probably seen the TikToks and the memes about largely women who reread and reread their communications before they send them out. And I mean, I do know men who do this too. I think it might yes. be like a millennial, Gen Z, yes. mostly millennial situation where we are just like constantly our biggest critic. But For women sure. in women. particular, yes. yes. And I think, but I think it might be not so much even the rereading, but the lens in which you're rereading the email. Mm-hmm. Like for me, yes. I'm like, ooh, do I, is that too many? exclamation points should I do I don't want to seem crazy I want to do exclamation point period exclamation point smiley face two smiley faces that's too many okay back it up five exclamation <laughs> points thank you so much nope take down the o's <laughs> like and that's the lens that I think many women look at their email communication and I will oh, share yeah. you know we do spend a lot of time criticizing but I did earlier in my career got some really good advice from a mentor he was uh, on the leadership team, a man, and he said to me, can you stop apologizing for your existence yes, in every I, I, single email yes. that you write? Yes. And I was like, what are you talking about? I got like super defensive and then I reread it. And I was like, shit, he's right. <laughs> Hi. Well, it's just checking in. Um, Hi, I asked I'm you here. to do this three weeks <laughs> ago and like no big deal, but just wondering where we stood on it. Um, smiley face. Not like, hi, Sarah. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope the kids are doing well. You know, I was just looking back at the project plan and I noticed that this was missing. If you have time, would you mind pretty please with the cherry on top getting this to me today? Let me know if you have any questions. But, but no worries if, if not. Thank no you worries so much. if not. But worries. But also, Behind the scenes, all of the worries. <laughs> and the amount of times that, you know, I then re-edited and re-edited based on that. But what I did after he gave me that feedback was I went back and looked at his communications and my communications. And his were very much like that first email that you mentioned. Although he's a good guy. It was more like, hey, can you do these things that we had discussed? Thanks so much. You know, person. And when I started looking, I realized he's just being super direct. He's just saying what he needs. He's not qualifying it. He's not asking for permission. He's not apologizing. We're at work. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So I started trying to emulate that. And I got at first some kind of like feedback from my team. Like, are you mad at me, Sarah? You seemed, are you okay? Are you upset? I was like, no, I'm just asking for what I need now. And it was, it's, it's still very difficult for me. I still spend time looking at my email and saying, no, you don't need the smiley face, Sarah. And that conversation with that mentor was 10 years ago. So here we are. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's unpack this whole likability bias situation. Um, And for those who don't know what likability bias is, it is a bias really based on gender stereotypes, right? Men, we expect to be assertive. And when they are, therefore, they're good leaders. They're, you know, rewarded for that behavior. Yeah, they're absolutely over and over again. Mm -hmm. And women are expected to be softer, right? More empathetic, more understanding. And when a woman 
displays actions, words, opinions in the way that a man would, she is then viewed as pushy, abrasive, um, and a whole lot of negative connotations that go along with that, which is quite frankly, bullshit. It is bullshit. It's definitely something I've struggled with myself as uh, someone who is a people pleaser. Yes. Can very easily fall into that role of, um, of oh, I God, I hate this term so much, but like office mom. Like, oh, I yes. <laughs> God, I hate it so much because it means you're, you're asked to plan birthday parties, not doing that. See earlier episodes. It, like mm-hmm. not doing those things. But yeah, that – that it's not necessarily a bad thing to be liked. It's a good thing. I want people to like me. I know that is something that gives me a lot of joy when I connect with people and I have that, you know, engagement from them. But I also want to be a strong leader and I don't want those two things to be at odds. And I don't think they should be. They shouldn't be. You absolutely can be a strong leader and be well-liked. You absolutely can do both. And I would say, you know, This is something that really is specific to women, right? 66% of women have received feedback that they are too abrasive as opposed to 1% of men. And the catch-22 here, for those who are, are not women and who aren't familiar with this, is that if you are too likable, then you are viewed as incompetent. So truly... We are damned if we do and damned if we don't. Stuck between a yeah. rock and a hard place. And it's viewed as as a weakness instead of a strength. Where yes. I think a lot of male leaders can be well-liked, but when they rule with that iron fist, they're like, oh, they're so strong. They're, uh, they're pushing for things. They get shit done. And that to me is absolutely ridiculous. That- it is Absolutely ridiculous. I can push back. I can get what I need. I can push boundaries and ask questions. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be lying to say in the back of my head whenever I give that kind of pushback, wondering, are people perceiving me as being a bitch? Are they saying, oh, not the B word, Sarah? Like, it's the worst. (laughs) Uh, I I liked Sarah. Now she's, I don't know, more abrasive, more aggressive. Though I will say, I feel like it's not something, you know, if you are, if you're someone who is very emotionally intelligent and typically is very open and approachable, when you do that, I feel like it's not the folks below you who really have a problem with it. It's the folks above you. That is such an excellent point because, yeah, I've, I've even gotten feedback from, you know, teams I've led in the past that are like, you know, when they applaud when I push back on things when it, yeah because I'm usually doing that to protect them. protect them yeah and protect like, their time mm-hmm. you know push and advocate for them as a yes. team so yeah they're applauding where on the other end they're like oh Sarah's not a team player that's another one right right and Sarah Sarah's not ready for leadership roles because she's being too harsh meanwhile your team is behind you giving you a standing ovation, cheering that somebody yeah. is standing up and advocating for themselves. And the people that you're advocating to are just like, man, she's a bitch. And you're like, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> and then do you ever feel like at that point they're tuned out? 
Yeah. Oh, without then question. it becomes twice as hard in some cases, not all. Sometimes when you do get that pushback, they're like, oh, all right, all right. And you can get things done. But sometimes they tune you out. And they're like, okay, thank you. Oh, enough. yeah. And it sort of becomes like – or it feels like the nagging wife, right? Where they just <sighs> – they just like zone out and you're saying words and you can tell they're not listening to anything. And you know that like on Saturday, they're absolutely going to ask where the kids' soccer practice is, despite the fact that you told them 37 times that week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It is exactly folks like that, men like that, that are the biggest problem in those scenarios. Without question. Um, I- they're not equal partners across their or various areas home life, office life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've joked as typically as the only woman, woman in a leadership team, right? I, I often joke that it's like having seven to 10 husbands that you did not choose. <laughs> just attached. Yeah. <laughs> just I know. And here I'm we are. I didn't to... choose you. Yeah. Like, and it, it, it makes me understand why women don't choose polygamy with men. <laughs> Bless. I would be so productive if I had like seven wives. It, I would probably like take over the world. Typical sense. Yes, yes. in a very tra- <laughs> like if we're talking like traditional polygamy <sighs> in that sort of construct. Yeah, give me six wives and let's take over the world. Let's do this. I mean, we we've seen it in I think a lot of you know, historical figures too. Like, why were these men able to rise to greatness? And that was because someone else was handling the logistics of their everyday lives. Without question. Like, and definitely. Someone, I mean, usually a wife. Usually a wife or some sort of spouse. Like, behind the scenes, just making sure everything is running smoothly, that they don't have to worry about it. So they Laundry can then, is done. Yeah. yeah. The kids Dinner are, are in bed. Yeah. Like, they're, they're yeah. washed. They're clean. They're in bed. They've gone to all of their activities that you've made all of the doctor's appointments was really does lead us into, you know, a maternal bias or an, another, I mean, a totally different episode. We could talk about mental load all day long. All day long. Um, and so, gents, you know, it is important for you to call this out when you see it. And ladies, if you are the type of woman who is direct and, you know, be direct like that's who you should be be true to yourself right that's your leadership style needs to reflect you but if you do get that feedback be sure that you feel empowered to ask the person giving you that feedback okay well who else approaches things this way can you can you tell me who approaches things this way and who on the team should i model my behavior after so that you really do put that back in their court so they maybe are forced to think about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think um, being able to spin the narrative that being um, being a gentler leader isn't a weakness, it's no, a strength. It is. And that you should be able to get the same amount of shit done if you're a gentle leader Rather than, uh, you know, leading with that iron fist. For sure. And I I mean, I would argue that being a gentle leader for your team is super important, but being able to bring down the hammer as you manage upwards 
is also very important. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that's where some of that directness can come, come back to bite us. And it really shouldn't. Um, no. Because no. at the end of the day, it's usually very, it's usually coming from a very good place, right? Not always. Will you no. encounter women that are super direct and just a pain in the butt? Sure. sure. Are they absolutely crushing shit? Oh, yeah. Without question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, that is the other side of it is as a woman, you absolutely can be direct. And if you're comfortable and that's your leadership style, you should be direct and not be penalized for that. Right. And it's, it, it is about like knowing your audience as well, right? It, it, if you find that you are receiving that feedback consistently, right, go to go to a team that of people that know you well. Find your people. Go to, go to those people yes. and say, hey, got this feedback. What do you think? If they're like, yeah, that was a little harsh, then you know that maybe you should try a different approach. Or alternatively, yeah. it lands better with people that you have a relationship with, that you have yes. put the time in to get to know and develop a relationship. And then when when you need to be a little bit firmer or more direct, it doesn't bother them because they know right. you right? and they know it's coming from a good place. Exactly. Yeah. So likability bias for you gentlemen who are not familiar with it, we won't, we won't belabor it for the entire episode, but we would like you to go and do some homework and do some research. And the next time you feel like, man, she's a bitch. I want you to pause for a second and ask yourself why you think that she's a bitch. Do some self-reflection. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just a general, a great general theme for everybody in corporate America. Truly a good theme. Self-reflection. Maybe she is being a bitch. And maybe she was up all night with the kids and her husband decided to not help at all. And she got them off to school and she packed the lunches and she got herself ready. Then she slept into the office. Then she got three calls from the school nurse. <laughs> like there's probably context. Yeah. And also, I mean, but that's when you can also do going back to our feedback episode, some actionable and thoughtful mm -hmm. feedback on yeah. that. Uh, but if you are a man giving a feedback that a woman should be less abrasive or less abrupt, really need to do some inward looking prior to making that that or giving that feedback for sure and i mean i'll say ladies as well right like i've received yeah. i've received feedback in my career that's like you need to add more exclamations and smiley points to that email so people don't think you're a shrew yeah okay <laughs> no thanks no, thank you. Hard pass. <laughs> thank you for the feedback. I, I was thinking about it today as I was writing an email when I did one sentence, exclamation point, next sentence, period, next sentence, exclamation point, thanks. <laughs> and I sent it out and I was like, mm, is that too many exclamation points? Whatever. Own That's your fine. exclamation it's points. It's out there. It's you out there. You know what? The I'm, I'm going to start leaning in and just, <laughs> I'm only going to use an exclamation point. <laughs> no, no periods, no, no semicolons, just exclamation <laughs> points exclusively. <laughs> I like I like that. I actually thought you meant you were only going to communicate in emojis and exclamation <laughs> points, which I also really enjoyed. <laughs> well, I mean, I gifts are my preferred language, but um, yeah, yeah may, maybe just like wingdings and exclamation points and they can figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they'll absorb as much as if I actually used words. So yeah. why bother? 
wingdings, man, brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the wingdings. Bring back wingdings, yeah. If you think about the flip side, I know we've all had male leaders who have been what I would describe as abrasive or curt. An asshole. An asshole. <laughs> and those personalities get promoted because they are they strong. They are strong leaders. They are um, go-getters. They, are, they just ask for what they want. But when the reverse is done, that's not the same luxury that women get in that situation. Right. And it's it's also interesting when you think about those particular types of personalities and being rewarded for that. In a lot of cases, they're not actually a leader because their team wouldn't follow them. Right? right. Like that's that's the that's the uh that's the rub. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we we talked about this in our last episode as well, but when you talk about a boss versus a leader. A leader is someone who leads by example. And you know what I almost just said there? (laughs) In my opinion. That's another one. (laughs) In my opinion. No. (laughs) Yeah, no. In fact, a leader is someone that leads by example. They are showcasing the behaviors that they want to see in their team. And to me, someone who is going to behave rudely or not – I'm not saying that they have to be all smiles and butterflies and hearts every time, but they you can be a strong leader without being an asshole. Of course you can. And you can be assertive and, you know, forceful without being rude or unprofessional, right? Right. It just is interesting to see that personality traits that are celebrated in men are looked down upon and trained out of and criticized out of oh, women for sure. on a regular sure. basis. I mean, even from my uh, – I worked in retail for a long time before I got into software. And I I worked in a bookstore. We'll leave names out of it. But um, <laughs> at the cash register – Rhymes with Harns and Coble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was ringing people up, just ringing up books and – I just had my regular face on and I was ringing up this guy and the guy said to me, why don't you smile more? Life's not that bad. Oh my God. And again, this is a long time ago. I remember that moment. I remember thinking to myself, what? What are you talking about? Am I competently doing my job? Did I give you everything you needed? The answer is yes, but it still isn't enough for him. He had to ask for more. He had to, you know, put his mark on the situation. I don't even know what his end game was, but that's not, wasn't the first time. And it certainly wasn't the last time I've been told to lighten up or smile more. Man, could you ever imagine like saying to one of your male colleagues, like, Hey Seth, I think you should smile more. I think you should just lighten up. I I really (laughs) cannot imagine that situation, but I mean, and that that goes from, you know, the smile more comment is just a piece of what we see in the corporate world too, is that not necessarily, you know, smile more, but hey, can you lighten that? Like people would be more apt to do what you ask if you asked a little nicer or put an emoji mm. in there or mm-hmm. were friendlier. And uh, that's just not how we get things done. And not to say like- But not too friendly but because you won't be competent. Because <laughs> then you won't get leadership opportunities. So I right. guess if we pause here- what the hell do we do about it? Yeah, it's 
<laughs> it's a great question. I, I did. So at one point in my career, I received some feedback from a male leader because as, as Sarah and I have established, I am probably the more confrontational, professionally so, obviously, of the two of us. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not a shrinking violet at, at all in any way, shape or form. And so, you know, I have a, a history of challenging and asking questions and pro- like and probing to s- ensure that, you know, someone has thought about something in a complete fashion, right? Which sometimes doesn't always like th- th- this is exactly why it's so important to have people from different backgrounds, ethnicities, mm-hmm. races, sexes, genders, whatever on a team because mm-hmm. they approach things very differently, right? And so sometimes male leaders have a tendency to react. They just have a tendency to react and they don't think about the downstream implications of the words that they're going to say, how they're going to deliver messaging, what that messaging is. Mm-hmm. And so this leader once told me, you know, I really love that you challenge me and you get me to think about things from another perspective but I really, I, I don't want you to do that in a public forum. And so I asked the probing questions and said, okay, well, what would you define as a public forum? And there wasn't an answer. And I said, okay, well, can I, can I challenge you in front of this level and below or this other level and below? And the answer was, it depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say when he was giving this feedback, his next breath was, and I want people to feel empowered to do the same thing. And I asked him point blank, you know, how do you expect people to feel empowered to do the same thing if they don't see that behavior modeled, right? And really, I did take that feedback as another way, a more PC way of saying like, hey, we really just want you to be seen and not heard. So can you just go turn your camera on, sit in the corner and like, don't chime in. Thanks. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, it. Part of my job, a lot of my job is being well-liked, you know, when you're doing training, when you're connecting with people, when you're, uh, your whole job is relationship building. And there are lots of jobs like this. Mine's not unique in this way. Just that I spent a lot of time, you know, building those relationships and really trying to think about the difference between being well-liked and being a pushover. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, it's taken me a while, you know, now in my yeah. career, I can, you know, say I can be well-liked and get what I need to get done, done. Um, but it's taken a long time to get here. And it's taken a lot of pushback on people who would rather I just uh, just smile <laughs> and, and sit in the background and not, um, you know, push for things or not ask those kinds of questions. So, right. Um, or not advocate for your team. Yeah. Advocate right? for a team or myself yeah. or, yeah. I mean, especially when you're, you work in a, like kind of like a shared services sort of team. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be able to be a little bit stronger and, and, and push back when things don't benefit your team or aren't out of our, you know, SLAs or, you know, anything like that. So, mm-hmm. but yes, I mean, is it, it took me a long time to work through that anxiety to put, give that pushback. Um, whereas my male counterparts that they were encouraged to do that from the beginning. So for me, it really took some self advocating 
and, you know, some really good mentors along the way uh, to kind of push me into that and to do that. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, you asked the question, how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. And I do think that this is one of those areas where I don't necessarily think that we alone can fix it. The approach that I think we should take is to call out the behavior that you see from men that is similar to your own and ask why that is okay and yours is not, right? Really ground it in that context. But I also think this is one of those situations where male allies are going to be very important. And so gentlemen that are listening, we need your help here, right? When you see this, call it out gently, professionally, of course. Um, But, you know, we mentioned that this is Women's History Month. I, I obviously work for a very progressive company, but there was where we we do all sorts of events for various things throughout the year. And there's, there's a, you know, women's history, a couple of events and someone had posted about it on teams and, you know, there were like 37 or 38 likes and eight of them were men. Mm-hmm. And with the ratio of men in our company, that seemed very low. And I think it's, it just feels very indicative of this situation that I think we have where, we know it's a problem, but we kind of have this like echo chamber. Yep. Because women know it's a problem and we are here to fix it because this impacts our daily life experience in corporate America. But the men aren't necessarily coming to the table. And obviously, some of them are probably busy and didn't see it. Fine. Uh, but you know that those yep. eight gentlemen who liked that post are eight. And I can tell you, they are eight you know, allies to women within our organization. And so, you know, I really think, gents, it's going to be very important for those of you who understand this concept to educate your coworkers. Because if we say it, our voices are going to be like their wife's voices (laughs) and they're just going to like tune them out and hear nothing that we say. I also think, you know, (laughs) being an ally is more than, you know, I know that those folks that like the post – that's I'm glad that they are also allies, but it's more than liking the post, more than sharing uh, Women's History Month or you know any yeah. uh, any sort of minority month or post where you're just like I'm just gonna post it and I, my job is done. You know, it's seeing it in the wild. It's advocating for the women in your organization. It's also checking yourself when you might have a bias. We all have we bias. all have bias. Yep, and men, women. All of us. And as long as we're constantly working to improve that, uh, then fine. That's great. But we really – we need people to speak up on both, you know, for women, for yourselves, speak up for yourselves, but also the the men in the organization need to be on the lookout. I mean, we need to, we need to make a change. And the only way it's going to happen is if we're actually united with actual allies who are not just yes. going to talk – about it, they're going to actually do something. Um, but I really do Which think- Which is the scariest part, it, right? It like is. You're, you're, you're also going to be putting your neck out there. I mean, you'll feel, you'll get to feel a little bit of how us ladies feel, but also, you know, with men who are not allies for women, unfortunately, the messaging lands better when it comes from another man, yeah. right or wrong. Or the more that they hear it, you know, it just, it has to come from both 
both sides. And right now, a lot of it is we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the mental load around making these changes. Um, but I also do think <laughs> that uh, while short and sweet, the feedback that I got, you know, 10 years ago was stop apologizing for existing goes to how I behave every day, how I how I write my emails, whether or not I continue to, you know, having to rewrite them and remove things. But I think acting, you know, <laughs> like they always say, um, come in with the confidence of a mediocre white man. But <laughs> that's, you know, it's funny to say harder to do, but I think that, you know, stop apologizing and start just um, take a look at how your male counterparts write their emails or address people in a meeting. And I'm not saying you have to emulate. I'm not saying change your personality, but just say, how is that different from how I'm doing it? And maybe taking out some of these little flourishes and not apologizing for doing my freaking job um, mm-hmm. is just one step that you can take. And I know, I like wh- like I said, when I first got that, I got really defensive. I don't do that. And then when I looked at my own emails and my own communications, I'm like, shit. Oh, no. I very much <laughs> do do that. Um, that's just ladies, one aspect of it. Yeah. And we like we get it, right? You know. Something that I'm not I'm not saying that men don't suffer from this, but I think women in particular really struggle with imposter syndrome and this yes. concept of not being good enough or not being good enough to be where you are despite having worked twice as hard yeah. because you had to to advance. And uh, you know, some of the the ladies on my team have asked me, like Courtney, you know, how do you, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Like, how do you get rid of it? And my, my answer to them is ladies, it does not go away. (laughs) You just get a lot better at kind of like shoving it to the back of your brain and not thinking about it or just honestly not giving a shit about it. Cause you've hit a certain age where you're just like, we're done here with this. Um, Absolutely. I think there was a stat you and I talked about, you're going to have to remind me if you can think of the number where it was something about when women apply for jobs versus men. And I think I, we've even covered it when I had, was looking for jobs you know, in the past where I'm like, ooh, I'm not really qualified for this because I didn't check all the boxes that they listed yeah. out. It was like women need, women need to check 80% of the boxes before they will even apply. <laughs> and men are checking like, I don't know, 10%. I don't know what the male stat is, but it's low. Yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, I've done this before when, you know, job hunting, and I think that speaks to the imposter syndrome part where I'm like, ooh, I didn't have these two things that they listed in that. It, the job must not be for me, even though I know I'd kill it at 90% of the rest of the job. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we're really and doing honestly, our, ourselves a disservice like, by not for sure just putting ourselves out there. For sure. And none of this is rocket science, right? Like if you don't know how to do something, you can learn. Trust me. Like that is that is probably the best opportunity for you, the one that scares you, the one that makes you uncomfortable. Like when you see that opportunity, put that imposter syndrome aside and go for it, ladies, because you can absolutely do it. But one of the things that I thought was funny, uh, we were talking about imposter syndrome and one of the younger gents on the team was like, what's that? And we just looked at him and we were like, are you, what? I'm sorry. You go through life and you don't struggle with this at all. What is that like? Oh <laughs> Tell God, us everything. No. <laughs> so 
sorry, more technical difficulties than I'm stuck in my own. Sarah's just knocking I'm over f- her microphone in, in a rage. In a rage. In a ginger in rage. In a ginger rage. I threw my <laughs> microphone to the ground and um, I'm back though. I'm good. Uh, no, I, and I, this I think goes for, you know, a lot of the things that you mean where we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but asking for a, prom- for a promotion, asking for more responsibility, um, all of those things play into that kind of imposter syndrome, which really should be an episode all by itself. It really should. And I think we can definitely, we can definitely do that. Ladies, now is your time to shine. Yes. Send us all of your deepest, darkest 2 a.m. <laughs> Anxiety worries. I, I love that. <laughs> yes. What what keeps you up at night, as we like to say? What keeps you up at night when you're thinking about your own career growth and and how you get out of a, you know, maybe a bad job situation or a situation where you're not as appreciated as you should be? Or maybe you're listening to this podcast now and you're thinking, well, shit. That, that I could have asked for that promotion or um, written that email differently or I'm not appreciated on a meeting. I don't know. What what keeps you up at night? Yeah, we want to know. And I mean, maybe, Sarah, maybe that's a, a Patreon level. Like 2.30 a.m. Zooms with Sarah and Courtney <laughs> when they are also up God knows we're anxiety. <laughs> because ladies, it does not go away. I know. But that's- hopefully we can help you figure out places um, – to make it a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And <laughs> I, I will say uh, how to manage it. I think that's really the most important piece because as you continue to progress in your career and as you become responsible for other people and their career journeys, there is a, a component to that that they don't tell you about, which is if you are you know, emotionally intelligent and invested in your team and a mm-hmm. good leader, you are going to be up at night worrying about every single one of those people. <laughs> Uh, It's true. It's true. Just really like internalizing their success and their goals and their future growth. And when you run into roadblocks with your own leadership, you really take that personally, right? Because you care so much, which is one of, quite frankly, one of the advantages that we have, I think, to most men. Again, generalizing, not all of you. Well, you know, it also, I mean, this is just going back to the you know, performance bias and likability bias. Uh, I spoke with a leader once, a female leader, uh, and she's kick-ass. And she had gotten some feedback that she wasn't strong enough. She wasn't um, a strong leader, which in what I had witnessed was completely untrue. But her feedback to me was, I'm not going to change who I am to be what they want. Yes. And I thought that was really, really powerful. Yes. Because she's right. Um, Even though we we were just saying, hey, you don't have to be liked, but being liked is not a bad thing. It does not make you a bad leader or not a strong leader. In fact, I think it makes you a better leader. It is such a strength. Yes. Being compassionate, being – thoughtful. And I would say that, you know, her team's success keeps her up at night, making sure that they're fulfilled and happy and they have career plans and growth. And I think that makes her amazing. But I think when the problem is, is that the male leaders surrounding her at the time 
saw it as weakness. That yep. likability is akin to weakness. That compassion yeah. is weakness. And I or, think we're, that's completely false. It's completely false. Or they weaponize it, right? And right. they call it clicky, right? And they use all of these like gendered terms to downplay why yeah. she is so strong with her job and why she is, a, quite frankly, a better leader yeah. than they are. If she's too soft, how does she get results? It, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> we're not children or poorly behaved animals. We are, I mean, and you, we can go down a whole well. path there either. Um, well, maybe there. But it, I think when it comes down to it, it's you don't have to be mean, cruel, um, an asshole to get results. No. You have In to fact- be a good leader is showing them how leading by example, being that person that they can rely on, showing up yep. when they're in need. Uh, compassion makes please, you so much stronger. Please refer back to episode one, leading leaders lead with positivity. Right. Please see it. Right. Yes. Or you win more flies with honey. Like <laughs> these are these are true things for a reason. Um, and you know, I like to joke with with some of the folks on my team. Someone once asked me, you know, Courtney, what is what is some like leadership advice mm-hmm. that you can give me? Um, and my advice to that person was. Take what you will from this. But at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. They can fire me tomorrow if they want to. I know that I am skilled enough, smart enough, competent enough to go and find something else and to excel at it, right? And that is really sort of what drives me as a leader is being confident and comfortable with who I am. And ladies, unfortunately, some of that comes with age. I'm going to throw out an arbitrary number. I feel like it's like around 33, you really start to stop giving a shit about what other people think of you. And it's just downhill from there. I feel like it's, you know, uphill. It's, it's, it's good. I mean, <laughs> well, true. I, yeah, I agree. But I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of things and some almost seem to contradict themselves, you know, be, you know, tone down your emails. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. You can, you know, you can um, be as curt as your male counterparts, but I think, it's a really delicate balance, at least for me. In my personality, it's that I can ask for what I want, but I'm also not going to change my personality to fit a stereotype of a male leader. That's not who I am, and that's not no. who I want to be. I, I think, think I'm going to ask for what I want. I'm going to hopefully command respect. I'm yes. not going to say, hey, so sorry for bothering you in this email, but I am going to wonder how your kids are because that's who I am. Right. And you don't have to change that. So I think just and to I think that's kind it. of temper the advice from earlier, it, it's a balance of those two things. You can be just a strong be... leader and be liked and be nice and be compassionate and also kick ass and get what you need. Just be authentically you. Right. Just be you, right? Yep. So we did get we did get a, a, some feedback and I think this is – Sarah, this is a really good example, Right. So this this woman wrote in and she said, the feedback I received in my performance review this year is that I need to soften my approach and that I can come off as too direct. I don't ever think I've been unprofessional. I just have a direct communication style. I would love your advice. My advice is keep being you. Yes. Keep being you. And if you need to call out male behavior as a comparison or a foil for your own approach, do it, yep. but be you. However, if you are like Sarah and you want to ask how the kids are, do it. 
I'm very similar, right? Like I really love forming personal connections with people. I like to know about you. I want to know about your life genuinely, not just as a a talking point for, you know, forced connection or to make it seem that way. Like I do actually care. And so I, I probably have a slightly more direct but balanced approach than Sarah Sarah has. And that's okay. Yeah. We all have different approaches. And I think that that's, at the end of the day, that's that's the lesson here. Yeah. Be authentically you because every style of leadership is valid yep. and it's important. Yeah. And I would say I, I had definitely work harder to be direct and I have to be more thoughtful when I know I need to be direct. And I think it's just kind of that like, self-realizing what is needed in that time. And you need to, I needed to practice that myself. I needed to, Mm -hmm. and I will say the first couple of times I sent those very direct emails, I had to like sit with it for a minute say, oh my God, the anxiety may kill me. But it (laughs) it actually, it it didn't. And with more practice, I was able to be more direct and ask for what I needed. Um, But that didn't change who I was or how I am as a leader. So I also think that even Courtney and my relationship is very telling about how we work with people is that from every company I've worked at, I've brought really close friends with me and, you know, we work together and, um, and I love that. I wouldn't change that for anything. Well, again, Sarah, that's the sign of a good leader, right? The the good leaders are the ones who have people who follow them (laughs) everywhere. We had one at our organization who left and uh, hopefully we can get him to come on and speak because he was such a strong advocate for, hiring women, hiring female leaders. Yeah. And I would I would love for him to eventually share his kind of thought process behind that. But, you know, those are the people that you should take notes from. Watch what they do. Watch how they interact with people because the people who are assholes, uh, they really don't have the like the following, yeah. the cult following, if you will, <laughs> of the people who go from company to company after them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's something to just pay attention to Yeah. when you're thinking about who you want to model yourself after. But at the end of the day, be authentically you Yeah. because there's a space for that in leadership. And gentlemen, we need you to be very vocal with your male counterparts that every style of leadership is okay as long as it's effective. It's it's valid and it's, yeah, it doesn't mean that I... I don't, you know, get that you can't criticize it or anything like that, that you can't continue to grow and learn. But yes, every type of leadership is valid. Um, It's that concept that you brought up last episode, Sarah, about hiring people smarter than you. mm -hmm. It's the same thing with regards to personalities and approaches to leadership, right? Like if everyone's the same, if it's all of the same, you are going to have so many blind spots. Yeah. And it's going to create a lot of unrest in your teams. It's going to be really boring too. It will be really boring. boring. Gosh, you wouldn't get to experience the joy that is Sarah and Courtney. Yeah, and that would and that would be a real shame. That would be a real shame. (laughs) That would be a real shame. Um, good. I mean, we I we've said this the last. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Thank you for (laughs) coming to Ginger Ed Podcast. Uh, we want to hear from you still. And continue. Still. Um, we love, thank you so much for people who have submitted stories. If we haven't gotten to yours yet, we will. We'll be sharing the feedback that we get to, uh, you know, from our various episodes. I think it would be really interesting to hear what people have thought of 
this episode and past episodes. If you have thoughts on that, please share them. We'll maybe do like a mailbox episode at some point because we're getting a lot of great feedback. Um, But please, uh, on Instagram, in our link tree, you can find where you can submit your own story. Or if you'd like to join us to be a speaker, uh, if you have some expertise you'd like to bring or just want to share your thoughts on women in leadership roles or anything else, uh, please do that. Again, it's, it's in our Instagram bio, in our link tree. You can find both the episodes and the form that you can fill out to join us or share your story there. Yes. And we we do have some guest speakers lined up to cover some pretty excellent topics, uh, which I think will be really fun and exciting. Uh, thank you for joining in to yet another episode of the Ginger Rage podcast. Uh, keep those keep those comments, questions, feedback coming, good and bad, right? We want to hear mm-hmm. it. We want to know. Like, If you need us to be less manic, let us know. <laughs> or Maybe or Friday night or more manic. Maybe Friday night's not a good night for us. Maybe we're too punchy. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. You tell us. <laughs> you tell us. Um, and uh, happy National Women's Day to all of you. Uh, get out there and go kick some ass, ladies. Mm-hmm. Like what you hear? Be sure to follow along for more Ginger Age. We'll catch you in the next episode.